0: Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hear Me Out podcast. I'm so excited that you guys decided to listen in today, and I hope you guys enjoy what my guest has to say. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hear Me Out podcast. I'm your host Finley Evans, and today I'm very excited because I have um, a role model in my life, and I'm super excited to talk to her today, and her name is Caroline Walker. Hey guys. Okay, so I'll start off by asking the question, how have you most evidently seen God working in your life?
1: I think that, um, I've most evidently seen God work in my life and like the word I've always used is like his faithfulness. And I feel like that sounds so like almost cliche because everyone's like, oh, God is faithful or, oh, God's been faithful. And it's such a word that's used. It's not a bad word. It's just a word that gets used a lot. But a lot of times I feel like you hear that and you don't understand what it means I think that was me, like, when I first got saved, I didn't understand what the word faithful meant, or what it meant for God to be so faithful, but as I've walked through um, all of middle school, and all of, almost all of high school now, I've realized, like, what it means for God to be faithful, in like, both, like, the really big things, but especially for me, in the really small things, like, in things that, like, no big deal, like, watching God work, and move himself to be, like, the Lord of my life, and, like, the ruler of the universe so to provide when I didn't think that he was going to, or I didn't think that like something was going to happen that I like needed to happen. Like he's been faithful. And I think that's the biggest thing I've like learned and come to understand about my relationship with him is like relying on him makes him Lord of my life and makes him like the yeah. one who can be faithful and the one that can be trusted with that.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. And I love that answer. And it's just like, I love how you said, like, even in just the small things, because um, yesterday, me and my brother were recording a podcast, and we were talking about, like, reading the Bible, and it's like how just the small details in there have impacted people in the Bible, and how they can mm-hmm. impact us, and it's just the small details in everything. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so what is your favorite Bible verse and why?
1: So my favorite Bible verse, actually, I'll give you some context behind why, um, first, but I feel like my favorite Bible verse, I've never had one that I've clung to kind of my whole life or my whole relationship or my whole walk with the Lord. Um, but since last summer, um, my verse has always kind of been, um, Nehemiah eight ten, which I can, I have it right here. It says, um, honestly, only the last few words of it, but it says, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's something I, that the Lord has taught me recently is, like, um, how to be grateful in everything. And I didn't understand – another word I didn't understand was kind of gratitude. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm thankful that God gave me a family and God gave me, like, life and all of those things. But something I wrote in my journal about it um, on February 25th, so this was recently, is gratitude. It's something I've always struggled with until recently. Recently, I find myself so grateful for so many things. I think I used to take advantage of all the little things, all the good in life, but something has changed. I was thinking about that as I was driving today. God's been so faithful. When I get close to running out of money, he provides. When I'm lonely and second-guessing my life or my friendships, he's my comforter. I think it's a total God thing because this is not in my nature to be grateful, yet for some reason, Nehemiah 8, um, 10 continues to be true. And so I wrote that the other day, and so... um, I don't know. I just thought of that when you asked that question, like, yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And like, I truly life is hard and life is difficult. And like getting through it, the only way I have joy in everything is because of Jesus.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And um, see, this is one thing I love, like, telling people like to journal their thoughts out, because it's so cool to look back upon it, like you were just able to and like, see, like, how you've changed and grown in your walk with the Lord, because yes, it's cool. Like over, of course, like 20 years or like even a year, you're going to see like, wow, it's been a whole year and I've grown so much, but it's even cool to see over like a few weeks, how much you've grown, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's just so cool. Um, so what is your testimony and like how you came to know the Lord?
1: So I grew up in church. My, um, Mom has always been um, kind of in ministry pretty much my whole life since I can remember. She was in kids' ministry first, and then she started in foster ministry. She still is in foster and adoptive and trauma ministry. And so I've always been raised in church. I was there 24-7. I lived there, like, felt like the whole summer every day because... Of VBS and church camps, and she was a small group leader, so I always had, like, teenage girls in my house for, like, D-Now and Bible studies and whatever, and so I always knew, like, I wanted to be, like, a Christian, but I I don't know, honestly, why I didn't make the decision when I was younger. Um I couldn't tell you. I don't remember why. I honestly question that all the time, like, why did I not make the decision when I knew it was a decision I wanted to make but I'd never made the decision to follow Jesus until mm-hmm. I was in 6th grade. By the by the time I was in like 4th grade, all my friends were getting baptized, getting saved, and I thought it was too late. Like I was embarrassed that I was this church girl who was raised in church. Everyone knew my parents, everyone loved my parents. Everyone knew my parents were in ministry. Like have always done ministry. My parents' whole life has been ministry. They've never worked for the church directly, but they've always done ministry. And so I was like this is embarrassing. Like My brother, who's younger than me, got saved and baptized before me. Like, this is embarrassing. And so I was like, okay, I just won't get saved. Or, like, I won't, like, tell anybody. Whatever. So then in sixth grade, we had this, like, D-Now, which is Discipleship Now. It's like a weekend retreat where you go stay at a house with your small group and kind of do, like, it's like a retreat, but it's local. So you go back to your church, and there may be guest speakers, whatever. On Saturday night the speaker was speaking, and I don't remember what he was talking about or what worship song we were singing, but we were singing, and I just started, like, bawling. I just started crying, and it was, like, truly the Holy Spirit, like, just convicting me and prompting me, like, hey, why have you been, again, going back to the word unfaithful, why, or faithful, why have you been, like, unfaithful? Why have you not trusted me when you know that's what you want to do? Like, why are you letting fear get in the way of your future? And so I was, like, crying and I just knew I knew my mom was in the back of the room because she was a leader and so I went and I found my mom and just started crying and we walked out of the sanctuary and went and sat and prayed together and I was baptized the next morning um and so that's how I got saved and since then I feel like life in middle school wasn't really any different for me I don't really feel like my life changed hardly at all um because I was a like good Christian girl by all of the world's standards. I. Um, I did not like boys I was totally against liking boys I thought they had cooties and I um, I didn't like hang out with I didn't party I didn't drink Um, honestly I did nothing but schoolwork and like watch tv with my family like I feel like I just didn't in middle school like I thought that's what I was like my whole life would be like and then starting freshman year Um, I started to kind of branch out and get to know more people and have more friends. I started playing basketball. So I met girls on my basketball team Mm -hmm. and kind of expanded my friend group to be more people. And I didn't handle that well. And I think that's when I had to start relying on the Lord because I had no friends and I was so lonely, um, because of the choices that I made that weren't necessarily, I didn't necessarily choose to be kind to everyone. And I think that's when I had to start relying on the Lord and when I started to see, like, fruit and his faithfulness in my life. And, like, I started having a desire to, like, study his word. Like, I always read my Bible in middle school and it was never an issue. And then once I got to high school, it was like, whoa, other things are pulling me away from Jesus. Other things are taking my time. Like, am I – I have a choice to make here. Am I going to choose to read my Bible or am I going to choose to go do this with my friends or choose to be on FaceTime with my friends or choose to read my Bible? And that's when the, I feel like that's when I started struggling in my relationship with the Lord, but, um, something pastor Jeremy said the other day in his message to the high schoolers was, um, I'm going to pull up exactly what he said, but he said, um, restoring your relationship should be more important than rehashing, um, old conflict. And some of the most valuable lessons come from the hardest and most painful circumstances. And I feel like as much as that's true in like, relationships with other people in the world I feel like that's true in your relationship with the Lord too like when you're struggling with something heavy like a sin or something like that and then you go to the Lord like it only brings you closer and so I feel like that's when my life started to truly change and I started to live for Jesus and not like just the life I thought I was supposed to live
0: yeah that's so cool and first of all thank you so much for like sharing that with us and like getting into the true details of, like, yeah, like, I didn't want to because I was embarrassed, you know, um, for sharing that, like, thanks for sharing that, because I feel like a lot of people are, like, well, I don't want to share that, even though that's, like, the, that's your testimony, that's the part of your testimony, you know, and um, with you saying that, like, you were, like, scared in a way to, you know, admit that no I never like truly made the decision I've never you know been baptized like but I want to like what's your advice to somebody that's walking through something like that
1: yeah so I would just say that if you're surrounded by people in a church environment or a school environment if you're you have a teacher who knows the Lord or you go to private school or whatever like if you're in an atmosphere where you know other people around you love Jesus I was so afraid that I was going to get judged, but first of all, the Bible calls us not to judge other people, and second of all, the people who love you are not going to judge you right. for love, for wanting to love Jesus and be closer to Him. Like, no one is going to judge you for that inside of your close group of friends, inside of your church. Like, there, there's no judgment when you walk in those doors in church. And people aren't perfect, and I'm not telling you that you're never going to – no one's ever going to question your faith or make comments about it. But um, I will say, like, the sooner you accept Jesus into your heart and, like, desire to have a true relationship with him, the sooner you can start walking with him and learning from him. So when you do face adversity and you do face people being like, "Ooh, like, why would you stand up for your faith? This is something I've been struggling with the past week really hard is, like, standing up for your faith because I – I did and it was really hard but like that I don't know that's just right. so have a relationship with the Lord so that when conflict and trials come you can lean on him so I would say just like be confident that like the people who if you're surrounded by people who love Jesus they're going to love you even more when you accept Jesus because now your sisters are brothers in Christ as well and there's something about that connection that they just want to help you get there
0: yeah that's so good and also I want to say that like if you're somebody who yeah, you've been saved before, maybe you made the decision when you're really young and you've gotten older and you're like, well, I really need to, like, just have a fresh, like, plate. You know, I just need to wipe my record and just start over, you know. Um, like, don't be afraid to do that either. Don't be afraid to reach out for help and just say, hey, like, I I want a fresh start. Like, can you help me? Like, I want this because, like you said, Caroline, Everybody around you who loves Jesus and who loves you, if they're truly your friend or if they truly care about you, then they're going to support you 100% in your decision in that. Yeah. Um, And then, were you going to say something?
1: Oh, no, I just totally agree. You're so right on
0: that. Um, And then also I just wanted to ask you, so you said at that um, D-Now thing that you were at, you went and you found your mom and you guys prayed. So I feel like a lot of girls are like, well, I don't, necessarily, at least this has been for me before, I don't, like, want to go to my mom about that, or, like, that's not, I don't know, just kind of going to somebody that's not your mom about that. So what is, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. Okay, what is your, like, perspective on that? Like, how, like, advice to, like, somebody that's, like, doesn't want to go to their mom, like, what do you say about that?
1: Um, so that's actually... Everything you bring up is, like, something that I don't even know if you know this about me, but, like, I've struggled with. And so I've struggled with, like, res- like respecting my mom, but also, like, respecting her opinion and, like, her relationship with the Lord and also, like, wanting to tell her things. That's something I've wrestled with, like, the past few years. But I feel like now we're at the point where, like, I know I can talk to her. Um, but I would say, like, a big thing for me and my mom was communication. Like, I had to um communicate with her like hey I feel like I can't talk to you about this and like I just feel like every time I talk to you about this it's going to end up with you getting mad at me or you being upset or whatever and that wasn't necessarily true that that's how it ended up but it was like that's how I felt and I kept telling Mm -hmm. myself that my feelings were valid that my feelings were true that like what I was feeling was right, but in reality, like, it wasn't, it was just Satan trying to attack my relationship with my mom, so I would say the biggest thing is communicate, like, if you feel like, you know, obviously, you love your mom, your mom loves you, but if you feel like, hey, like, I can't go to my mom about this, because if I tell her, oh, no, I'm, you know, texting this guy things I shouldn't be texting him, or um, I'm watching a show I shouldn't be watching, and I saw something, and now I you know feel like I need to talk to somebody about it and you feel like your mom you're just gonna get in trouble and your mom's just gonna again judge you or be upset with you like remember that first off she loves you and so she wants to be there for you and second of all like there's no one who is like better to talk to than your own mom because she knows you so well she literally like you were born like from her and yeah you, like we say all the time because I have brothers who adopted you were either born from her stomach or you were born from her heart like either way she loves you so much and she just wants to communicate with you she -hmm. wants you to be safe and she wants you to feel comfortable talking to her so I think you have to communicate that and um also sometimes you just think your mom's gonna judge you for things and she's not I get sometimes it's just as simple as you're just overthinking it and I do that all the time like just overthinking oh no like what if I tell my mom or what if my mom finds out and it's like who cares if she finds out? She's my mom. Like, the amount of embarrassing things I've done around her, like, why would I be embarrassed to tell my mom that I want to love Jesus with my whole heart when I, she literally has changed my diaper since I was born. Yeah. Like, that's a lot more embarrassing than telling my mom that I want to love Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just that perspective.
0: Right. That's so good. I love your answer. And, um, I was going to say something. I forget what I was going to say. Um... But, oh, yes, I was going to say, my mom always says, like, when you said, like, oh, no, like, I'm doing this thing and, like, now I need to talk to somebody about it. Like, my mom always says, like, coming to her and telling her the truth before she finds out on her own will end up a lot better for you, you know. So, like, rather than trying to hide something, just be honest about it and it will already, you'll already have a better start than um, them finding out when, you know, you don't want them to. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So my next question for you is is you've kind of I mean, talked about it without talking about it, I feel like, but how do you deal with like high school drama and is it like much different from middle school drama?
1: So, yeah. Um, I did kind of talk about that, but in middle school I didn't really have any drama. I felt like in middle school I just didn't care. I didn't care what other people thought. I didn't care about whatever I had been. Um, I got at King's, and I had been at King's since I was in fifth grade, and so I kind of had secured friendships by the time I was, like, m- drama was starting and, like, into sixth seventh grade, and then into eighth grade. Like, I had secured my friends, and we were very, like, I was a nerd. Like, I loved reading. Not that any of this is bad, but I just, I loved reading. I didn't care what I looked like, so I never, like, brushed my hair or anything. Um, I had no sense of like hygiene, but like, I didn't care because I didn't really have, I knew my friends, I knew they loved me and it was whatever. And I was so confident in that. And then in freshman year, I started playing basketball and I had, you know, classes with tons of people because there are a hundred people in my grade, which isn't even that many in comparison to a lot of schools, but that was a lot for me because I didn't know Most of the people, there were a lot of new people. So I started kind of branching out, meeting new people. And in that, I accidentally, at that time, it was kind of intentional. But looking back on it, I didn't mean to do it in the way that I did it. Um, Ditched my friends that had been there for me since fifth grade. And I just kind of stopped hanging out with them, stopped talking to them. You know, stopped responding in group chats, stopped hanging out with them. And it was a slow Process of that, but they were it hurt them, and I didn't see that it hurt them or understand that it hurt them. I just thought that they were, you know, mad at me because I stopped hanging out with them as much. But in reality, like part of that was my own fault for not treating, not handling the situation well. Mm-hmm. And so since then, like even still repairing that relationship with those girls, it's been a rocky road. It's still a rocky road. Um, But the girls that I got to know that I play basketball with now, we have had our ups and downs. Uh, There's been a lot of really rough seasons and months and days and weeks. Um, But then there's been some really good ones where, like, I've seen the fruit of good friendships and godly friendships come out of my relationships built off of basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my biggest advice for the drama would be, one, to stay out of it. Like, yeah, if something happens between you and your friend, you're like, well, I'm kind of in this. Like, it's my friend group falling apart. But stay out of it in the sense that, like, don't say, like, you don't need to say anything to other people or talk about it to anybody besides your mentors or your mom or whoever that is. Like, I think that was the biggest. Recently, my friend group has had some struggles, too. And that was the biggest thing was, like, I needed to keep my mouth shut and I didn't. And, you know, I talked to people and um, said things to other people that eventually got back to other girls, and they weren't bad, but rumors get twisted in a way that is like, it's like when you play the game telephone. So imagine instead of saying, you know, I think ice cream is yummy down the telephone line, saying, you know, I think this girl is mad at me. Well, then someone tells someone, someone tells someone else, and that eventually gets interpreted into, um, I hate this girl because. She said this to me, or I hate this girl because she's mad at me. You know, like,
0: things get added,
1: things get taken out. And ultimately, like, you just, you shouldn't talk. And that is the biggest thing I've wrestled with is, like, why do I, why did I talk so much? Like, why did I feel like I needed to say something? And when honestly, like, it just took a bunch, it took all of us girls realizing that, like, we needed to stop being immature and talking about each other and instead be mature and talk to each other. Right. So I think I think that's what I would say. Stop being immature and talking about each other. Instead, be mature and talk to each other and communicate and talk it out because ultimately that's what's going to repair the friendships.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Um that's like something that every person, every like middle school and high school girl and even guy needs to write down a piece of paper and hang it up in their room and just um just remember and um also, like, I was going to say, you said, like, talk to your mentor or your mom and, like, um, or who you confide in. And it's, like, I heard a pastor say a few weeks ago, um, it was, like, at Wednesday night or something, and they were, like, that is not, like, look around the room at all your friends and these people your age. That is not who to confide in. Like, you needed. to... You need to do that into somebody that is older than you and that has more wisdom and that has walked this road. You don't need to, like, do that. I mean, yes, friends can be great to talk to. They can give great advice, but they're not going to give the advice that can move you forward um, out of this situation that you're in. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and then my last question for you is, oh, actually I have two more. But, um, being like, you're one of six siblings and I'm one of seven siblings, so it takes a lot of patience to, um, be in a family, a big family. So what, where do you find your patience?
1: Honestly, that's something that's really, um, really hard for me, especially before I turned 16 and got my license because I was always home and wherever I went they more than likely went there too. And whenever I was home, they were more than likely home. And so Mm -hmm. I was always with them. And it was so easy to get frustrated because one of them would scream at another or, you know, um, do something to me or they'd come up to my room. That's what makes me so mad is when they come to my room and, like, you know, take. I have a stash of candy and they take candy or they throw things around or they leave toys up here or whatever. Like It still to this day frustrates me, but... I think, again, the, I've had a perspective switch since turning 16 of, like, hey, like, I don't get to live with them forever. They don't get to be my little brothers who are in middle school and elementary school and preschool forever. So it's given me this, like, going back to the gratitude, it's given me an attitude where, like, I enjoy being around them, and I think I take advantage more of the moments I get with them because they've gotten fewer as i have gotten older. yeah. As I have more homework and I have college classes and I have work and whatever, the moments I get to spend with them and with my family are so much fewer. And I always took the moments for granted. And now that I have so much, so many less of them, like, I wish I had savored them more. And I feel like that would have given me more patience with them then. And it definitely gives me more patience now. It's like just knowing that, like, God has placed them in my life for a reason. And there's a reason that my family was created the way it was. And I want to savor and enjoy these memories because honestly, it's never going to be the same again. You know, I'm yeah. going to college in two years. I'm never going to live out again. Yeah. And be uh, under my parents authority because I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to live on my own and I'm going to live at college and then I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have kids. My brothers are going to be uncles and then like, my brothers are going to go to college and like, they're going to get married. Like seasons of life are always changing. And so I want to savor the season we're in, where we all six live at home under the same roof. And that's given me a lot more patience with them is like realizing, Hey, I don't have that much longer left. Yeah. And I don't have that much longer until, you know, my youngest brother starts elementary school and he won't be home with me, you know, on the, in the afternoons and all that. And they won't go to half day school where I can pick them up and take them to Chick-fil-A. Like, it's the little things that in life that are, like, the memories you savor. And so I think that's what I've been learning is that's how I have learned to be patient is, like, by savoring those moments and finding joy in them.
0: Yeah. Um, that's so good, and I love that. Um, it's so true, too. And you are the oldest of your family. Um, and, you know, I'm not, like, the I'm in the middle. But... um I my patient I would say that my patience like 100% comes from um, my faith because you um you know you're older and you can drive and so you've learned to save those moments but like mine comes from my faith because you know I have you do too I have adopted siblings and so it's like sometimes it can be frustrating because mine siblings came from a rough background to where they don't always understand everything um you know I've got a younger sister who I can't talk to like. Um, I could maybe somebody that would have grown up under my parents' roof since day one, you know? Um, and so it can be frustrating, but I just have to pray over it and just remember that like, this is the Lord's plan and this is what he has in store for me. So I just need to live that out. Um, yeah. so yeah.
1: yeah, at least together, like he knew the family dynamics and what they were going to be. And he knew that I would have five brothers and I would be the only girl in that. My brothers would be adopted from hard places and all of those things. And, like, that's why he placed, like, all of us in this family together was to learn and grow from each other and, like, ultimately to honor him. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. That's another thing to be thinking about is, like, why am I being so impatient with someone that the Lord created to, like, live with me? Like, the Lord created them there to test your patience and to make you more patient.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You have to learn and
0: grow through those experiences. I think. Yeah. Um, well, I love that, and um, that is all that I, all the questions that I have for today. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, you gave so much great advice that even I'm going to come back and listen and write down. So thank you. Yeah,
1: of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. Um, okay. Well, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Hear Me Out podcast today. Um, Don't forget that you can send in your own questions to my email, out at gmail.com. And I can answer your questions, too. And I want to give a huge shout-out to PodServe and their team for making this podcast happen. And thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are so awesome. See you guys next time.